You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 96, with Prince Daniels Jr. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's up, Blazer Nation? Listen, we're entering one of my favorite times of the year. And this week, at the time I'm recording this, we celebrate Thanksgiving here in the United States. For our listeners in the US, I'd just like to wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. As I'm recording this welcome, I'm fighting a cough and this lingering cold that won't seem to go away, but it serves as a reminder, right, that in the grand scheme of things, we're all very blessed with good health for the most part. And we might not have made it to this year's Thanksgiving, right? So many of us know or have family or know of others who are battling or maybe lost a battle with cancer or some other terminal disease, right? So all in all, I'm just grateful today for good health for myself and my family and for all of you who are listening. I'm also grateful for the good Lord to bless me with an amazing family. My wife, my kids, parents, my sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, you name it. All my friends and family. I feel so incredibly blessed each and every day. I'm grateful to have all sorts of love, right, in my life from those around me. And lastly, I'm grateful for each of you, our community of listeners and friends who have become just as close as family, really. Many of you I know, yeah, I've become, I'm now able to talk almost daily, whether it be on WhatsApp or many other messenger services that we find ourselves communicating through. So I'm grateful for our connection through this podcast, through the Trailblazers platform. And it's my hope that we can continue to build on our great relationship over the months and years ahead, right? So all that said, you're going to love our guest today. I'm talking with Prince Daniels Jr. Prince is actually an author. He's a motivational speaker, inspirational fitness trainer, and an expert in the areas of fitness meditation and holistic health. And we talked about several things. We discussed the biggest lessons he learned playing football and what stuck with him most that helped to mold him into the man he's become today. We talked about his pivot from football to where he's focused today on mindfulness and meditation. And he shares some all-around great gems to help us get our minds right. So I won't delay our conversation much longer. You know, let's go ahead and get set to dive right in and hear today's Mission Fuel from our featured guest and trailblazer, Prince Daniels Jr. Enjoy. Prince, welcome, and thank you so much for being our featured trailblazer today. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. So, you're a man about meditation and mindfulness, and I'm sure you're going to love the way we open our episodes on the Trailblazers podcast. I love to start things off from a place of gratitude. So, I'd love you, you know, to tell us as you find yourself in a state of reflection within your meditations, what are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for life. Just the gift of living is amazing to me, and I get a chance to make a difference in the world, and 
I'm so much grateful or so grateful for life. It's beautiful. How would you describe yourself if we're in a face-to-face meeting, right? For the first time, some good friends were having a, a, a nice meal, a sit-down meal. What would you tell me about Prince? One, I have a difficult time talking about myself. So uh, <laughs> if I had to say something about myself, it would probably be honest, trustworthy, and somebody that believes in making things happen. And I would say that the people that know me, they would just say, you know, he's an honest guy. He is about his business. And I just enjoy life. I enjoy life to its fullest. So if you would meet me, you would be inspired to live life to its fullest. That would probably be the best way I can describe myself without going into detail. Man, I think you're such a humble guy, you know, and I love that. You got this amazing story. You're a walk-on at Georgia Tech in 2002, as I read it, seventh on the depth charts. You work your way up to be in the start of the following year. I'm going to rush for 3,300 yards, 26 all-purpose touchdowns. A pretty cool story, brother. <laughs> so tell us, what were some of the big lessons that you learned playing football and what stuck with you most that maybe helped propel you and mold you into the person that you've become today? So, okay, let me just start off by saying the first thing that kind of propelled me was my coach telling me that I suck. Just flat out, those were his words. He told me that I sucked. He was the offensive coordinator at the time at Georgia Tech. And he told me, once he told me that I sucked and that I wouldn't amount to anything nor make it to the NFL, that struck a match. So that little match underneath me and I had a drive that no one could stop nor keep up with. And um I just had a tremendous opportunity. And I would just say, I was prepared for my opportunity that came. So I wouldn't say it was a coincidence. It was just I was able to turn a situation that looked like the odds were against me, which I was the odd man number seventh on the depth chart, literally speaking. And I knew that my opportunity would come, but I just had to continue to keep working, doing my part. You know, most people pray for something and they expect for it to happen, but they don't do their part. I felt that I did my part and I did my part and some extra as well. And I said my prayers as well. And I think the two merged and I had my opportunity. And when my opportunity came, I was prepared. So I always say preparation is the key to your opportunity being successful. And I just took that opportunity and, you know, I'm very thankful for it, that it happened that way. I don't think I could write a better story. Time just, you know, and life just orders a certain path for us. Right. And especially at certain points in this journey, right? Correct. It don't feel like it's the path you want to go down, right? I know injury plagued your pro career. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that path, right? Talk Uh about the difficulty that that decision was for you to be able to say, you know, I'm going to let go of football and what you've been doing for so long and even channel your focus to pivot to the next chapter of your life? Man, shoot. My <laughs> my pro career was, let me first start off by saying it was amazing. I had a great time. Just from the things that I've learned, from the people that i met, and from the knowledge that I acquired, not only as a professional athlete, but as a professional in general. And I started to understand the business side of things and seeing how businesses are run. So. 
I wouldn't say injuries plagued me so much in the NFL, but I was coined as someone that would get or was injury prone. And I, I definitely want to disagree with that because I was only injured twice in my career. The first one was a hamstring and the second one was a torn labrum, which I definitely had to sit out for the whole year. But the hamstring, I did not have to sit out the whole year. If I would have had more time to do my rehabilitation and heal, then I would have been playing. But at the time, the rules were a bit different. And now it's different. Now, if you get placed on injury reserve, you get to return to the season in the middle of the season. So if I would have had the opportunity, you would have saw a lot more. But that's the way that narrative played itself out. So post-career, after I got injured from NFL, I was in hopes of going back and rehabilitating myself and becoming the man again or the go-to guy. But Baltimore wanted to go in a different direction. And, man, that was devastating for me because it was almost like my no, that was my first professional job. I've had a couple of jobs here and there, but not many growing up. My father, he came from another country, so he was always about being your own boss and entrepreneur and working for yourself. And so... But I still had to work for him and I wouldn't get paid, you know, but my dad would be like, you have a roof over your head, right? You you, you have water. Yes. You, you, you have food. Ah, you know, <laughs> said, you know, I, that was cheap labor, man, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm, I'm a fan of hard work and just understanding what it means to work hard. So post-career, so after my NFL career, I became very depressed because I identified myself with being a football player. Not that I did not have any plans after football, but my plans for or my goals that I wanted to attain during football, they were not met. And since they were not met, the plans that I had after never had a chance to get to be thought about because there was a void that I needed to fulfill to make me feel like I lived out my goal. Yeah, exactly from my football career. But since I did not do that, I became depressed. I went into the depressed stage for about three years. And yeah, it took me about like three and a half years. That's when I, I really started overcoming, you know, certain things. I started going to rehab. I take myself into a depression center with the help of the NFL and the NFL PA. Um, I was reaching out for any and everything that could come my way just so I could get some help because I was lost. And the reason why I was lost because football was my identity for a very long time. And so um, when that was stripped away from me, not like, okay, you have the two-week notice or 60 days or 30 days. It was more so like, all right, today we made a decision. Tomorrow, no, actually today, just grab your stuff and go ahead and go. And, you know, we're going to part ways. I'll see you later. And so all of a sudden, now your life has just changed. And you're, I remember talking so to us. you're just doing like, you know, for a year or two. I mean, this is your life to that point, right? I mean, lot, how long yeah. were you playing football? Um, say 12 years plus, started playing football. Yeah, I played, I think, like one year in middle school. And then after that, I started playing high school, then college, and then to the NFL. And once I got in the NFL, you know, I worked my way up. And all of a sudden, I make it to the big nads, and now I'm told I can't play anymore. So that was very devastating for me. You know, man, if it wasn't for family members, I have two uncles, and you know, my mother, she was there, my supporter. 
I'm not sure, you know, how I would have made it because at that time, my girlfriend at the time, we had broken up and we went our separate ways as well. Who she became my wife afterwards, but she had a lot of stuff going on as well. You know, she was in medical school, so it was just a lot of things happening all at once. And it's, I feel like they all, it was a domino effect. Everything cascaded at the same time. And so I was looking for something. I was going to church. I was trying to get involved in this, trying to get, get involved in that. But I felt that that wasn't enough. And people were telling me, advising me, you should go back to school. You should go take your MCAT. You should go and take your LSAT or, you know, become a lawyer, become a doctor, become an orthodontist. And they were just giving me all types of insightful information, I guess you could say, about life and about pursuing another career and that football is not everything. So I was like, yeah, but I don't feel like doing that at, at this time. So I needed something to lean on. I needed to identify myself with something else. And not knowing that I needed to identify myself with myself, I found meditation. That was the one thing that saved my life. I was, and through meditation, I was able to take the, the volatile and belligerent energy that came with the game of football, take all, bottle all that energy and cultivate it and redirect it into something else that was much more fulfilling. And see, and that's the toughest thing as an athlete. You are competing. You're constantly competing at a very high level. And so whenever you are, you stop competing at that high level, it's kind of difficult to receive that same drive, receive that same type of glorification from the fans, you know, because you don't receive that amount of love and energy from people at the bar saying, hey, man, what's up, man? Like, hey, I know you. You know, it's, it's not the same thing. It's different. And so with a lot of players, they have a difficult time transitioning from their professional career into their everyday or their retired career. And that's what they have a problem adjusting to. That was one of the major problems that I had adjusting to this new life. So you've now redefined yourself. You're a motivational speaker. As you mentioned, you're an inspirational fitness trainer and an expert in the areas of fitness and meditation and holistic health. What would you say is driving you in the work that you're doing today? My meditation. And also, like, my work is not my work. It's me. It's me being me. And I don't get tired of doing it. I don't get tired of being me. <laughs> I think that's the easiest thing that comes with it. And so when I get up every day, I look to make a difference in the world, you know. I ask myself, how can I make a difference in the world? How can you become the difference in the world? And in order for there to be change in the world, change has to start from within. And so meditation is the number one thing that actually keeps me going. But also, I think I was born with this insatiable drive to make this world a better place, make a difference in the world, make a difference in kids. And I'm not talking about like small numbers. I mean, like the world. And I really, really do mean that. Like, my goal is to teach every kid in the world meditation and mindfulness. You know, it's a huge goal, but I don't plan on doing it by myself because there are other people that feel the same way. And if they become inspired, it's like a rock that you drop in the middle of a river. It creates a ripple effect. And it affects the next person and the next group of people and the next large number of people and so on. But for my other business, what I have for kids, you know, I usually use the Dalai Lama's quote, if every child 
is taught meditation by the age of eight, we will be able to eliminate violence within the world, within one generation. And so I look to teach that to children all over the world and not just children, but adults, because adults were children at some point in time in their life. And so if they can recall those moments, then I think they would, you know, soften up a little bit and become more mindful of some of the actions that they've committed. Just look with, not look in the mirror, but look within yourself and then look in the mirror and see what's beyond the flesh, the body, and really see, you know, how you're making a difference in the world. Are you adding to the value of the world or are you taking from it? Prince, what has mindfulness and meditation actually done for you? Oh, man. One, again, it saved my life. And two, it just gave me a new view and perspective on things in the world and how you see things and how to always stay calm, be patient, and just really you get a chance to see how things unfold in the world. Like how many people, you know, with your busy schedule, I'm not sure if you take time out to watch the roses to see how a rose will grow or you walk up to a tree and you put your hand on the tree and give the tree love. You know, some of these simple things, the basic things, that's science one-on-one. Most people will ask me, you know, why why would you go up to a tree and just, you know, put your hand on it and say, I love you, tree? Like, that sounds stupid. But you know what? It's not stupid. It's actually an amazing thing, but you can't see the miracle because you haven't trained yourself to even see the miracle that's happening. The actual exchange. The exchange is science 101. We give trees oxygen and trees give us carbon dioxide. So when you can do that to a tree, that tree is going to make sure that it gives you the best oxygen that it can give to you. And you have to do the exact same thing. You know, so it's these small things that meditation does. It, it allows you to become more sensitive to empathizing with others, sensitive as in, you know, before you meet someone or, you know, you can feel their energy before you meet them. You have less days of being sick. This is all the stuff that has done for me. It has taught me a way to switch up or alter my vantage point whenever I'm looking at something. And because I have this, for some reason, in my mind, in my spirit, in my heart, I feel like nothing is impossible unless you believe it is. So let me say that one more time. You can either say nothing or no thing is impossible unless you believe it is. And those words, they really speak to me because when people say they can't do it or I can't, I always tell them, get rid of that word can't because you're already debilitating, mentally debilitating yourself when you say can't. And don't say can't, say can. Or what I tell the adults, that I work with, you know, become the apostrophe that transforms impossible into I'm possible. You know, and just look within yourself because once you see that nothing is impossible, unless you believe it is, then you'll understand that, wow, a lot of the things that we run into, the struggles that we have, they're all self-made. Because when you were a kid, you could pretty much do anything that you set your mind to. And you wouldn't think twice about it. You wouldn't second guess anything. You just do it. And when you become an adult, you know, that all that stops. Yes, so true. So let's take it from what it's because it sure has helped you quite a bit, right? So help right. us to look at this from a practical sense, right? What are some ways that we can, can put mindfulness and meditation into practice in our day-to-day lives right now to see some measure impact? 
Mm, nice. Well, one, it starts with breathing. The difference between life and death is the breath. You know, if you're breathing, you're alive. If you're not breathing, you are deceased. So the first thing is just learning how to breathe and not just breathe like I breathe all the time. Not taking your breath for granted, but more so actually inhaling deeply and exhaling to just bring, recalibrate your, your sense of awareness. Just bring yourself back to the present. Like, okay, recalibrate yourself and see where you are. What environment are you in and what are you doing to improve your situation? If it needs to be improved or just, it's always good to just bring yourself back to the present. Because you have to remember that you are the gift. Second, closing your eyes. Closing your eyes and just being able to focus on, you know, your breath or something that makes you feel good in the inside. Going back to using your imagination, like re-sparking or rekindling your imagination. Because we lost our imagination. Like once you become an adult, your imagination becomes very dull. So you, you need to strengthen your imagination again. Another practice that we can also do is strengthening your concentration and your focus. Most people always say, like, I have to concentrate, I have to focus. But as a human being, you already do that. You already focus, you already concentrate. Take, for instance, your cell phone. Whenever your cell phone goes off, you people go right to it and they get on their cell phone immediately. Now, right away, they're focused and they're concentrating. They are zoned in, you know, but... When they put it down, they say, oh, I need to focus. I need to concentrate. But you just finished doing that. So but what you have to do is medicine meditation is like an effortless practice. So you have to continue to keep practicing things in a manner where in the beginning you need concentration. But after that concentration dissolves and you become that, your meditation becomes effortless. So what we have to do for these practices, one, Practice on your breathing. Just bring yourself back to the present. Two, closing your eyes. Practice on your breathing. And just think of something that's positive to help you alter your mood. Because sometimes we can get down from someone just told us something that we felt that was condemning. It did not make us feel good in the inside. You know, those are external things affecting your internal emotions. Your emotions come from inside of you. So you, you have to be able to control them. And close your eyes and allow that stuff to go. Like I say in my breath cycle and my classes that I teach, you know, you close your eyes, you inhale. And when you inhale, you're inhaling all your problems, your worries, and your anxiety and your concerns. And when you hold your breath, you're analyzing them for what they are. Just that, just those anxiety, concerns, stress. And then when you exhale, you detach yourself from all of that and you let that go with the elongated breath. And then after that, you just sit and remind yourself that I am beautiful. I am happy. I am positive. I am incredible. I am amazing. And the next one, the focus and the concentration. You're always in the focus. You're always in the concentration. You just have to become aware that you're in it. And so how do you do that is whenever your phone rings and you run to your phone or whenever you get on Instagram or any social media platform, you know, remind yourself like, wow, I'm really focused on this. You know, how about I focus my time on something else? How about I focus on myself a little bit? Or how about I read something? And when you're reading something, it doesn't have to be like a strain of focus. Just get into it. 
open a book and just start reading, you know, and this is going to help you strengthen your mind, your body, and your spirit. And this is what meditation does, helps you strengthen your mind, your body, and your spirit. So I know that you've written uh, children's books, right? Correct, correct. What motivated that? (laughs) My being let go from the NFL. I wanted to give kids a tool to be able to navigate in this world without, I mean, and avoid the pitfalls that we've all ran into. And also just give them something to navigate, something to help them navigate through this world that's constantly changing. And I think the one thing that's sustainable and stable and gives you a solid foundation is meditation. And so my book is based upon like mindfulness and meditation. So when I'm talking to the kids, I speak about mindfulness. When I talk to the adults, I speak about meditation. And the reason why it's different, there's no difference. You know, meditation is just a form of mindfulness. You know, but I don't look to offend anyone. I respect all religions and I respect people's beliefs. So I just want to make it politically correct so no one feels that they are left out. So when I write these children's books or these youth novels, what I call them, it's basically the character, the main character, goes through these series of trials and tribulations and kind of mirroring the same thing that we go through in life. But the only difference is they learn how to work through their problems through mindfulness and learn how to be more mindful and learn how to meditate. So my first book is called Danny Yukon and the Secrets of the Amazing Lamp, which is the first of a book series. It's just basically a, a young kid who loses his father in Afghanistan in the war in Afghanistan and due to the tragedy he goes mute and he starts having dreams about this ferocious tiger and it's not until his uncle teaches him mindfulness and meditation and gives him this amazing lamp does he learn how to overcome his fears of tigers and learn how to cope with his father's past so the inspiration behind that was just me wanting to make a difference in the world. And so, like I said, I wake up every morning looking to see how I can make a difference in the world and make a positive impact in the world. And this was one of the ways, and I have many other ways, but this was one that I knew that would be forever lasting. Love it, love it, love it. So what can we look forward to? We're now heading into the, the fourth quarter of the year. What can we look forward to from Prince as we head into 2018? <laughs> what can you look forward to 2018 for me? More products coming out, more of the events that I've created, more mindfulness will be pushed in the world, and more meditation will be pushed in the world. And before anybody misconstrue what meditation is, let me say that, then I get back to that. Meditation is not a religion. It's not a philosophy or a lifestyle change. It is just a effortless practice. That allows you to access a level of focus, awareness, concentration, and calmness that exists in all of us, all over the world, at all times. So that is what meditation is. And so you will be hearing me speak about it much more. Why? Because I want everyone to understand that if we can all do this together, we can all make a change in the world together. And it's like I said, it's just a practice and we all need it. We all need to include it in our lives because everything is going 100 miles per hour. And so if you include this in your life, you get a chance to slow down. And so 
that 100 miles per hour will actually become like 50 miles per hour, but you will still have the same mindset of 100 miles per hour, but you're somewhere in the middle, in the center, because you know how to slow things down and you know when they speed up. So when something is too fast, it's going to eventually slow down. And when something is too slow, it's going to eventually speed up. And so when you can find that sweet spot, you know, you're in the zone. And you can look for my one of my latest books coming out. It's called Mindfulness for the Ultimate Athlete, which will drop sometime. It may drop in 2017 or 2018, but it will be out in 2018. You can look forward to that. I have an Ultimate 21-Day Fitness Challenge. And I have the Ultimate Athlete Retreat. That's for professional athletes, college athletes, and high school athletes as well. Man, I have so many other things as well. I'll be finishing up my book series, my first book series, Danny Yukon and the Secrets of the Amazing Lamp, Volume 1, 2, and 3. And then I'll be coming out with another one as well. And it'll be for girls. It'll be Share Hope. It's a little euphemism with the name Share Hope and the Secrets of the Amazing Lamp. So, and just like Danny Yukon, his name is Danny Yukan, basically. Like, he reminds himself, like, Danny, you can. So, you know, everything that I look to do is to unify everyone, to bring everyone together, and to instill love and inspiration in all of us, all over the world at all times. Yeah, so these are the things that you look forward to in 2018 because I'm looking to make a strong presence. Why? One, because we are already, everyone is already putting out you know, sex, drugs, money, you know, females, males, all kinds of stuff, you know, whatever that's already been out in the world. So I said to myself, why not push this? At first, I was a bit apprehensive to do it, but now I'm just like, why not push it? We all need it. We need it so much more than anything in the world. And so when we can learn how to come together and sit peacefully and calmly with one another and direct our energies that come from within towards something that's life-changing and amazing, then we can make a difference in the world. That's right. That's right. That's right. So what's a couple books that you're gaining inspiration from yourself? Like, tell us maybe one or two books that you've read that you find yourself sharing with others and telling them to read. One, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. That was like when I first went to the monastery. I haven't read that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a small read. But it's a very profound and powerful book, As a Man Thinker. And they have As a Woman Thinker as well. It's by James Allen. And that book, and I don't have another book. I don't have a number two book. But I would say that book right there made me realize that, wow, we are incredible human beings. And that nothing is impossible unless you believe it is. And so that solidified that statement. So... I would encourage anyone that's listening to this and encourage you to check out As a Man Think of or As a Woman Think of. And it's As a Man Think of book is by James Allen. The other book is it's still by James Allen, but it's transcribed by a female. So, uh, yeah. Yes. So last question for you. We ask all our trailblazers, what's one action that our Blazer Nation should take this week? That's going to help them to blaze their trail. <laughs> wow, beautiful. One, I would say just start getting into the mindset of becoming more mindful. And 
definitely practicing meditation. Most people always say, well, let me say this, practicing meditation. And how do you do that? You want to do that. You want to practice that around the same time, yeah, same time, same place, every day, if possible. And I suggest you should do it in the morning time, as early as you can. Not in bed, but sitting up somewhere, but not while you're in bed. And if the early morning doesn't work for you, late at night before you retire to sleep. If that doesn't work, just find a time where you can do it. And you can do this anywhere. You don't need those candles. You don't need any incense, any altar. But it's always good to have those things. Those things really do help. But I encourage everyone to do this. And don't do it for five minutes. Do it for 30 seconds. Do it for one minute. Do it for two minutes. Do it for three minutes. Because most people always say, oh, I did meditation for five minutes. I fell asleep. That's not for me. Well, let me say this. If you're trying to work out and get fit, you don't go to the gym and you start lifting 45 pounds and now you're bench pressing 315 pounds your very first day. You will be sore. Your muscles will probably be... Exactly. And you would say to yourself, I'm not going back to the gym. That's not for me. You know, that's not what I want to do. No, you take your time. You know, life is lived from second to second and breath to breath and moment to moment. So you work up to that for 30 seconds. That's all that it takes. 30 seconds. Focus on one thing that you want to do for the day for 30 seconds. And then you start. And then after those 30 seconds, you open your eyes and you make sure that you breathe into your, like your thoughts. Like you, then you start your 30 seconds and then you start thinking about what you want to focus on. And after you come out of that 30 seconds, you close it with the inhale and the exhale and you open your eyes and you go and accomplish that, you know, and not just think about it, but you put it into action and you accomplish that. You instantaneously manifest that stuff. We have that power. Like, we have that ability, that God-given ability to do these incredible things. And we're not using it because we're distracted by other things. Look within yourself to see what you are made of. See the treasure. See the real jewelry that's inside of you. And once you can do that, then you will not just understand, but you will know how incredible and this is what I teach the kids. This is what I look to teach all kids of all races. It doesn't matter because at some point in time, they're going to always have to know this, remember this, and understand this. You know, and I look to do the same thing with the adults. It's just a reminder for the adults. Like, what makes you think you can't do this? And just because you said it? Well, that's what you said. You know, <laughs> now I'm going to, you know, we're going to work out real quick. And then afterwards, we're going to look at the person that said that they could not accomplish this. And after we accomplish it, I'm going to make you realize that you said that you couldn't do that, but yet you just did it. Like, how? I don't understand that. Why did you tell yourself that? And at that moment, that's when most people have a cathartic moment. They start crying. You know, they're like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm my worst enemy. Yes, we all are. We are sometimes our worst enemy. So the best way to put anything to action, to be a trailblazer for all the trailblazers that are listening, meditate. 30 seconds, minute, two minutes, three minutes, work your way up to five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, however long. And once you meditate and once you do that, once you put that into focus, that will become the focus for your day, for your week, for your month, for your year, for your years. You know, just incorporate this one thing meditation for yourself you know in order for you to give love to somebody else you have to have love within you so in order for you to do that you have to cultivate the love 
from above within you. And then you can share that love with the next people, person, whomever. Right. Love it, Prince. Tell us how we can stay connected to you, and then we can go ahead and wrap up for today. All right, cool. You guys can stay connected with me. I would give you all my social media handles, but it's a lot. So I'll just give you both of my websites. You can stay connected with me by going to www.princedanielsjr.com. Or the next one, and that's for all my fitness stuff, my mind, body, and spirit, my ultimate athlete brand, and the Prince of Fitness myself. And the other one for children, you can go to www.theamazinglamp.com. So theamazinglamp.com. So, and you can scroll to the bottom and you can find all of my social media handles on both websites. So that's how everyone can find me. Go and follow me. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of these social media handles. Just follow me, please, everybody, because I want to just instill love in everyone, the inspiration. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Prince Daniels, thank you so much for sharing this all with us, my brother. Steven Hart, thank you so much for this opportunity, man. Thank you for allowing me to let me share my what I love to do to the world. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.